Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Some responses to what we shared about the surveillance states. When everyone was predominantly on landline phones, we were tapped all the time and knew nothing of it. We also have this. I no longer trust any federal or state or local government or any court system or any law enforcement agency. None of them. Hmm. Vince, why worry about passing new laws? Democrats don't have to obey any. (laughs) Yeah. But we also have this. Vince, if you lead an honest and godly life, what would thou have to hide? This person's gone King James on me. Evil people have existed since the bite of the apple. My faith will protect me. Okay. More power to you. Just a sampling of some of the items over on the text line. I want to, for Faith Focus Friday, tell you about something interesting that is probably not news in one sense, because I've been documenting this trend for quite some time. In fact, I am a part of this trend. I want to be very careful that I clarify what I mean by this. I have been outside of the religious system. Really, it's been almost 13, 14 years. So I understand a lot of the reasons behind the trends that are taking place. And believe me, in in the last couple of years, I have an even greater understanding of what's happening as to why this story, as I'm about to share with you, is unfolding now. And I'm not sure that many of us in the Christian world are taking this seriously at all. Now, first and foremost, I want to make something clear. We don't do things as Christians for effect. We do things because of who we are. I think it's really interesting how Christianity pretty much reached the known world in a, at a very rapid pace. This is one of the reasons why the Roman Empire... The leaders of the Roman Empire were very concerned about Christianity, and I think this is why they ultimately figured out a plan to co-opt it. And, And folks, this is a great time to bring this up. I think there's a real danger here in the United States of America now. This is what has happened to much of our Christianity. It has been 
neutered by some of our political political activity. I'm just being honest about that. But to go back to the point I was making about Christianity, true Christianity reaching the known world at a very rapid pace, what's the reason? It's, it's just love on fire. It's the love of Christ permeating people's hearts and transforming them in such a way that it, it, it just, it's revolutionary. And honestly, that is my contention as to why we do not have the same thing going on now. In fact, we have the very opposite. We have a declining influence of Christianity. And I think one of the major reasons is we really don't have genuine Christianity being lived out from day to day. We've got, as the scripture describes, a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. Just a form. And for very good reasons, I think people reject forms. People are attracted to substance. They're attracted to love. That's the essence of Christianity. And frankly, and in this area, I'm just going to say it bluntly, in this area of love, many of us just downright suck. So it should not be a surprise that we have this headline in UK Daily Mail, Christianity set to become a minority faith as soon as 2060, as millions embrace, you ready for it? Secularism. Here are some of the major points from this study. Christians can make up as little as 35% of Americans by 2070. Atheists and other nuns set to grow to as much as 52%. Muslims, Hindus, Jews, and Buddhists and others set to roughly double. Analysts fear weakened social fabric and Christian charities shuddering. It's going to happen. And I'm just going to be very blunt about it. I hope, along the way, megachurches. Faith has been rocked by a slew of damaging sex abuse scandals. Religion also plays into touchy debates about abortions and gay marriage. In the meat of the story, they talk about how America's majority faith has an uncertain future. The share of Christians set to fall to as low as 35% by 2070 as millions become agnostic, atheist, or unaffiliated. Pew Research Center says the number of U.S. adults identifying as Christian has dropped from 90% in the 1990s, which I still think was a joke, by the way, to 64% now, and will likely trend downwards into a minority faith over the coming decades. The decline, and here is the key thing, this may surprise you, the decline is due to Christians switching to nuns, a secular mishmash of atheists, agnostics, and those with no religious identity, which is set to grow from about 30% nowadays to as much as 52% by 2070. Adherents of other faiths, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, they're at about 6% of the population set to double in share, driven mostly by immigration. 
The drift away from Christianity is a trend across much of the developed world, hastened by a slew of damaging sex abuse scandals and cover-ups in the Catholic, Southern Baptist, Mormon, and other churches. Some of these are self-inflicted wounds. Others turning away from a faith that has become linked with America's political right, with evangelicals and other Christians often among the most outspoken critics of progressive policies on abortion and gay marriage. Keep in mind, a lot of our young people, you know, Rush always talked about the fact that to liberals, liberalism is religion. And if your children have been indoctrinated into progressivism and liberalism, it's not a surprise that their religious faith is following. Experts on religion expressed dismay at Pew's findings, saying the drift away from Christianity is part of a profound social change that was reshaping the nation of some 330 million people. The author of Reorganized Religion said Christianity's decline may imperil faith-based institutions that play a central part in community life. And these elements could weaken or disappear. Food pantries at churches, shelters, robust faith-based disaster relief efforts that assist the needy in the U.S. and abroad. Catholic Relief Services, Salvation Army. Amy Sullivan, a Chicago-based writer on religion and politics, said she grieves these Pew findings on the decline and took aim at Christian leaders, slamming on Twitter the fools who have been the face the face of the faith for decades. Ooh, that's pretty strong. We're going to finish this. We'd love to get your thoughts on what's happening, this trend, and what are your thoughts about the future. <laughs> Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. of interesting items in the text line. We'll get to those in a bit. Finishing up the story, talking about how Christianity may become a minority faith as early as 2060. Secularism is growing and growing rapidly. One Christian leader is slamming the fools who have been the face of the faith for decades. 
And that's very <laughs> accurate, an accurate word to describe. Waning respect for Christianity was on display this month at Tennessee Tech University, where a theatrical troupe staged a Christianity-themed drag show. <laughs> this is crazy. With a star dressed as a Catholic monk who stripped down to a corset and stockings. It's crazy, isn't it? In this study, Pew researchers projected possible religious scenarios for the U.S. using everything from birth rates to migration patterns and demographics like age and sex in the current religious landscape. They also assessed how faiths are passed from parents to their children, how frequently people switch religions in particular. The growing number of Christians who turn away from the faith become nuns, as in N-O-N-E-S. Each new generation sees 31% of those raised Christian become religiously affiliated, unaffiliated by the time they reach 30. 21% of those raised with no religion become Christian. If switching young among young Americans continued at recent rates, Christians would decline as a share of the population by a few percentage points per decade, dipping below 50% by 2060. At the same time, the unaffiliated are projected to grow under all four scenarios. That's what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. Just think you need to be aware. <laughs> this texture's too funny. Hey, Joel Osteen just tested negative for Christianity. <laughs> that sounds like a Babylon B headline. I Vince, mean, there's so much false teaching creeping into the church. The lines have been blurred, and the truth, just, truth has become harder to discern. That is very true. The definition of an apostate is a person who once received the truth, knows the truth, but now rejects the truth. That will be you, Vince Coakley. <laughs> of course, that's me, Mr. Apostate. I think the word, word Christian is being misunderstood. There are a lot of people that are Christians, meaning to be Christ-like, but not taken on a certain religion. So even though it's a different name, they still want to treat their brothers right, have moral, righteous values in their lives. Vince, please make the distinction between mega churches and a church that happens to be huge. There is a difference. People are getting away from religion and focusing more on spirituality. Religion like the Episcopal Church, which condones transgender among children, is a religion, not spirituality. I believe the biggest issue facing Christianity is hypocrisy. To say you follow Christ yet approve of abortion or refuse to condemn those who support it, looking right at you, Pope, is hypocritical. We see that. If you cannot follow Christ, how can you expect us to follow you? That's why true Christians are leaving the official church, because it's now, it's not a church. Joe out of Lancaster. Vince, I'm not against foreign missions, but I've noticed over the years, local churches are organizing and financing mission trips to more foreign countries while ignoring their own neighbors here in the upstate. I think the Good Samaritan story has all been deleted from the local church's teaching. Interesting. For the purpose of chasing recognition for Jesus' command to go and tell the world of him. I don't believe Jesus meant to step over your brothers, neighbors, in order to achieve this great commandment. Great show, Cheryl. Cheryl, you are a woman after my own heart. You're right on the money. 
I mean, what what was the command about preaching the gospel to begin where? In Jerusalem, and then to Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. It starts local and spreads from there. That's what this is about. All religions are made up, this texture says. Vince, I left the big, rich Catholic church because Jesus Christ was humble and gave his life for us. I don't believe in a religious institution where the pastor buys a $1.5 million home for him and his family. I believe in all of us coming together and helping each other. The many so-called religious pastors have a life on television around us, and they make a lot of noise, ask for money to bring people together. It doesn't work for me. Many of our new generation that are showing we're not interested and question the real word of God. Let's hope for change and hope our young children, whether being taught about sex and homosexuality, God help us. Great show, Vince. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. I want to quickly get into Martha's Vineyard. Are you ready for some laughs, folks? This is just too much. It really is. Because guess what's happened now in Martha's Vineyard? We told you about Texas shipping illegal immigrants up to Martha's Vineyard, a very rich place. Now, Martha's Vineyard has declared a humanitarian crisis. Over just 50 illegal alien arrivals. 50. They're begging for federal assistance over what they are calling a humanitarian crisis. (laughs) 50 people. I want you to hear this woman. And, you know, I'm not condemning her. But I, I just want you to hear her. Because she communicates the concern they're dealing with with all of these folks who are there all of a sudden and they've got to take care of. Listen up. For all of our guests to get the help they need to be in this country and safe and housing. And that's not something that we can do here at the shelter, right? We're, we're, we're a stopgap. This is an emergency shelter. We're, we're not long-term care. So, you know, we are, we're, everyone is meeting about this. There's multiple wheels that are turning and departments that are working together. I mean, it really is a community effort, and that community is, you know, from here to Boston, probably to the White House. Um, so, What are the most difficult challenges right now? The difficult challenges are... Uh, we have, at some point in time, they have to move here to somewhere else, right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island, and so we, we don't, we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here. We don't have housing for 50 more people. So that is our primary crisis. We have this emergency shelter set up. And it's working wonderfully. Every single person that has been here. Yeah, it's a crisis, isn't it? Get a of this. Breitbart reports Martha's Vineyard could actually house 6 million refugees. That's the reality. <laughs> 6 million refugees. They've got the money. They've got the space. Census data says around 17,000 year-long residents, 14,600 homes on the island. 
They could do this if they really wanted to. The question is, do they want to? <laughs> Stay with us. Several things I want to get to before the uh, end of the broadcast today. We've talked about the whole Martha Vin- Martha's Vineyard situation, which is really laughable. We have to uh, top it off with a great post from Babylon B. Residents calls police to report a Hispanic in the neighborhood not operating a leaf blower. Residents of upscale Martha's Vineyard are in a panic after several buses dropped off illegal immigrants from Florida this week. One terrified resident reportedly called the authorities after seeing Hispanic males outside her home, not even operating a leaf blower or any other kind of gardening equipment. Hello, is this 911? Yes, there are brown-looking Latinx people outside my 20,000-square-foot seaside home. And they aren't even carrying leaf blowers, said a terrified Mavis McWhite <laughs> to the dispatcher. They aren't even holding so much as a rake. They're up to no good. I'm scared. Please send help. Early reports from one of the wealthiest zip codes on Earth indicate approximately 50 people from countries south of the equator are striking fear in the hearts of local oligarchs, movie stars, and millionaire politicians who reside there. It was so inconsiderate for DeSantis to ship these dark-skinned people up to our neighborhood without the tools they need to maintain our multi-million dollar properties. That was from town council member Pam Karen Cindy. (laughs) What else are they going to do all day? Just despicable. At publishing time, the Hispanic immigrants who currently work as landscapers and house servants in Martha's Vineyard for minimum wage had organized a demonstration to protest the arrival of new Hispanic immigrants who will work for even cheaper. (laughs) These folks at Babylon Bee, oh my goodness. They're right on the money, aren't they? Making fun of these... Hypocritical folks. By the way, you might think a lot of people would look at this with disdain and say, wow, this is really a cheap political stunt, and Ron DeSantis and people like him might pay for it. Don't think too quickly. Rasmussen Reports asked 1,000 likely voters the following question. The governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has been busing illegal immigrants to New York, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. Do you approve or disapprove of this policy? 52% of likely voters approve of Texas moving illegal aliens to sanctuary cities. 36% strongly approved. 16% somewhat approved. Only 25% strongly disapproved. While 14% somewhat disapproved. That told us around 39. Rasmussen also asked the respondents agreed or disagreed with a Governor Abbott spokeswoman who said Democrat 
New York Mayor Eric Adams should stop complaining and call on President Biden to take immediate action to secure the border. A whopping 62% agreed. Only 30% disagreed. The time of this poll is perfect. The same week, Ron DeSantis moved those 50 illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. This is also the same week. Abbott moved a busload of illegals to Kamala Harris's official D.C. residence. Interesting to watch, isn't it? And I've said this before. This isn't, this isn't a subject, honestly, where I believe there's great consensus among the American people. Real Americans. Not politicians. But people out in the real world. So have you seen the latest shakeup over at CNN? New York Post reporting on this change affecting one man who used to have his own show at night. Don Lemon losing his primetime show, moving to mornings. I love the way New York Post describes this. Ratings challenge CNN will reshuffle the deck chairs on the slowly sinking network. Pushing out left-leaning prime-time host Don Lemon from his plum solo slot to a newly created morning team. Lemon will host along with Caitlin Collins and Poppy Harlow. Replacing the current New Day hosts, John Berman and Brianna Kyler. Lemon, who often espoused his liberal positions on his 10 p.m. show, Don Lemon Tonight, helmed the lowest-ranked program in primetime in August. 660,000 viewers to finish a distant third to Fox and MSNBC. A rep for CNN said the network will make an announcement on who will replace Lemon in the next few weeks. I don't know, maybe Lemonade? Just kidding. Insiders have earmarked Casey Hunt as a possible replacement for the 9 p.m. slot or the 10 p.m. slot. Not only are they replacing Don Lemon, but also Chris Como, who was fired last year for his role in advising older brother Andrew Como in his sex harassment scandal. So... More change at CNN. You know, I would love to see them do something extraordinary. Bring in someone black and conservative. Wouldn't that be really cool to see a show like that on CNN? Would you watch? I think a lot of people would watch. And I think a show like that could really give the other networks a run for their money. What do you think? (laughs) Stay with us. Back to the final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program. Over on the text line, response to all the changes over at CNN. Didn't CNN keep Chris Wallace? He might be back on prime time soon. Would I watch? No. (laughs) Vince, maybe CNN could get you a spot. Or Diamond and Silk. 
I would watch either or both. Larry Elder tonight on CNN. That would be astounding. Oh, I would love to watch that. Larry's one of my favorites. And this texture says, sounds like Vince is campaigning for a job. <laughs> Too funny. Time for us to take a look at the day in history on this Friday. And we have some pretty fun questions on this one. We go first to the year 1620. I'll bet you know the significance of that year. And this famous ship left England, the mother country. What was the name of that ship? The Mayflower. The Mayflower, of course it was. 1835, talk about controversial figures in history. This guy arrived at the Galapagos Islands aboard the Beagle. He's the one who stirred up quite a bit by uh, starting this evolution stuff. What's his name? Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin is correct. 1908, he started this auto company. William Durant is his name. Do you know the name of this company with two important letters? Uh, General Motors. GM General Motors is correct. 1916. This is kind of interesting. We ended up doing this in this country. A lot of people don't know Canada did the same. Can you imagine Canada without beer? What is it that they started in 1916? Prohibition. Canadian Prohibition started. It ended 11 years later. People realized this was a big, big mistake. 1920. Terrorists killed 30 people in a bombing attack. This is not something, a story I was familiar with. It's probably one of the most... Um, uh, I guess you can say uh, important economic targets in New York City. What did they attack? In 1920? 1920. What is the uh, street that they attacked? Uh, Wall Street. Wall Street is correct. 1920. I need to read up on this one. It's like a pretty interesting story. 1932, Gandhi... He started a fast to protest a system they have in place in his country. What is that system that kind of locks people into wherever they are economically? See, it was India. I, I, you'll have to tell me. It's called the caste system. The caste system. You know, whereas in the United States of America, we can basically flow up or we can flow right back down. Um, you are born into a particular caste, and that's where you stay for your life under that system. 1940, unfortunately, this is something we started for the very first time because of the war. What was it? 1940, here in the United States of America, what did we do with our young men? We drafted them. We started the first peacetime draft. That is correct. And Chris is on a roll here. Will he pull off a clean sweep here? I miss Cass' system. Oh, Cass was the only one you missed. But that's not bad at all. 1947, I'll bet you used this at home. This aluminum foil went on sale. The most famous of all of them. 
That would have to be Reynolds rap. Reynolds rap. Everybody knows Reynolds rap. This particular uh, scholarship is something that Bill Clinton prides himself in receiving. In 1975, they started offering these fellowships to women, which was pretty radical in that time. What scholarship was it? I'm a guest of Pell Grant. No, actually, the Rhodes Scholarship. Oh, very good. So yeah, a little harder. Bill Clinton. Yeah, this is one of those things for the elitist types. So that brings to an end our look at the day in history. How about memorabilia from famous people? You know, it's kind of interesting to think. Let's say you get something from someone and this person becomes famous down the road. It could become quite valuable. Well, there's one woman who certainly learned that. U.S. News reports college photos, memorabilia of Elon Musk auctioned for $165,000. Can you believe that? College photos of Tesla CEO Elon Musk and memorabilia from his girlfriend at the time sold for $165,000. That is pretty amazing. This, according to a Boston auction house. This was a collection of never-before-seen photos and memorabilia from Musk's college girlfriend, Jennifer Gwynn. Now, Musk changed his Twitter profile to one of the photos on Wednesday. He's currently in a public fight with Twitter to try to get out of this $44 billion deal to buy the social media company. You're familiar with that. That trial is coming up next month. Miss Gwynn told the Boston Globe she read about an auction of test papers that Musk graded and realized she had far more personal items she could sell. I'll bet. Including candid photos, a birthday card from him, and a necklace that he gave her. Musk and Gwynn dated from 1994 to 95 when they were both at University of Pennsylvania. They split when Musk graduated, moved to California, and said he couldn't talk on the phone because... It really seemed like a waste of time to him. Guess he had some important stuff going on. We broke up just before he started conquering the world, she said. The gold necklace with a small green emerald that Musk gave to Gwen in late 1994 sold for $51,000. Photo of Musk and Gwen posing with four other resident advisors, 42000 The birthday card, 17000 This woman cleaned up. That's all the time we have. Have yourselves a great time and a great weekend. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.